Welcome to the Small Scale Gardening Podcast on the Small Scale Life Network. I'm your host, Tom. Thank you again for tuning in. Whether you're jumping in on the Small Scale Life Podcast, the new, brand new, so new it's got that new podcast smell, the new Small Scale Gardening Podcast, or the Small Scale Gardening YouTube channel, I appreciate you being here to learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. Welcome to a new year, a new decade, and a new gardening podcast episode on small-scale gardening and small-scale life. We are broadcasting simultaneously on both channels, so I'm really excited about that. With this post and episode, I am setting the table for what is to come on smallscalegardening.com in the direction of gardening content and gardening discussions on our platforms. I am defining what is small-scale gardening. I've never defined that before, so I'm going to define that today. I'm going to dispel a common American myth in the process, and I'm going to talk about who exactly could benefit from this gardening concept. That said, I intend to make small-scale gardening at smallscalegardening.com the garden channel of our flagship blog and podcast at smallscalelife.com. I want gardeners and homesteaders and other folks to find this content and access it easily. I want to teach what I know and share with you my experiences. The title screams gardening, and some folks might find that content a little more easily than on smallscalelife.com. Of course, our flagship, Small Scale Life, is all about simple living, wellness, financial freedom, and minimalism. To see all those articles, all those podcasts, there's over 160 of them, get free budgeting tools and wellness downloads, head over to smallscalelife.com for that content. After all, we've been producing content over there for over four years now. There might be something you might like at smallscalelife.com. That said, let's get into today's topic. You can successfully grow plants anywhere. All you need are three basic elements, light, nutrients, and water. If you're new to gardening, a seasoned gardener, or a plant angel of death, I can help you. My name is Tom, and welcome to the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. So what is small-scale gardening? You might be new to gardening, a grizzled veteran of many summers, or new to this whole small-scale gardening platform, and you might be asking that very question. After all, what can you really do with a small garden? Can you grow anything in a small garden? What's the point? After all, bigger is always better. It's the American way. Au contraire, my friends. In this post and episode, I'm defining small-scale gardening. I'm discussing why is a game-changer for new gardeners, veteran gardeners, older or physically challenged gardeners, and renters. This post and podcast episode will serve as a framework for future gardening projects, articles, podcast episodes, videos, conversations, the whole nine yards. If you live in America or watch any American media, you know that bigger is always better, Right? I mean, who wants to have something small anyway? It permeates our culture, our media, our lifestyles, our careers, and even our identities. It's all around us. We hear it all the time. Chances are you've heard the following phrases or sayings in your everyday life. The bigger, the better. More is always better. Bigger is better in Texas. Go big or go home. It's never enough. The big game, which is coming up right around the corner. Supersize me, baby. 
This is a myth created by a consumer-driven, throwaway society. We live in a fast-paced, chaotic, and turbulent modern age. We can't seem to sit still for a few minutes, and when we do, we're wolfing down a triple-decker Whopper with supersized fries and a gallon of Diet Coke while watching the big game. You know it's true. You gotta laugh, right? We're taught from an early age that bigger is indeed better. This concept or meme is manifest in so many parts of our lives. We want a big job with a big corner office with a bigger salary and title so we can drive a massive SUV and park it in our four-car garage of our mansion on a lake somewhere, right? We all want that, don't we? Right? Right? I mean, if it's broken, we throw it away and buy the new version. After all, it's too expensive to actually fix that piece of plastic, and you want the new flashy one, right? The new version is always better. It might be a little bigger, it might not be, but the new version is always better. So I know I'm stretching it a bit, but you get my point. We want it all, we want it now, and it's never enough. So what is this small-scale gardening, and how does it fit into that? I'm making a case to ditch this American myth that bigger is always better. I'm talking about shifting your mindset and bucking this trend of our American society. In fact, I'm making a case for completely rethinking and downsizing our gardens. What is small-scale gardening? Small-scale gardening is a state of mind. I'm essentially marrying concepts in minimalism, and that's intentionally living with only things you need, with gardening, which want to plant everything and have a massive garden. So I'm marrying these two together. I'm talking about starting out small, managing what we have, and doing that small thing very, very well. Small-scale gardening is a concept that focuses on enjoying gardening by using available space wisely, maximizing production, and minimizing the garden maintenance. Small-scale gardening includes container gardens, raised bed gardens, wicking bed gardens, rain gutter grow systems, small hydroponic systems that are easy to manage, and vertical gardens. After all, I'm not very good with pumps, so we got to have an easy-to-manage hydroponic system, right? We use our space wisely, very wisely, and this concept promotes flexibility in production and a small scale. These systems can be used anywhere, in our yard, on our patio, in allotment, on a deck, or even on a driveway. We can grow a garden anywhere, as long as we provide the three basic elements necessary to grow plants. Light, water, and nutrients. The beauty is that we manufacture our soil. We have a raised bed system of some kind. We have a self-watering planter system, so it waters itself, and we use vertical space to our advantage. Initially, we don't have a massive sprawling gardens in our yards or on our properties. Instead, we have compact and very productive gardens. As you gain knowledge and experience over time, you can expand your, your garden area as long as you can effectively manage it. The choice to expand is yours. There's no timeline or specific point where you can or should expand. That's up to you. That's the beauty. I'm not setting any commandments. It's up to you whether you want to expand or not. So who would benefit from small-scale gardening? If you're new to gardening, you can start right from the start and have success. If you're a grizzled veteran gardener of a thousand suns, I'm reaching out to you and showing you how to improve your methods and, and chances for success. If you're an older person, person with disabilities, I'm showing you how to garden su successfully while minimizing the maintenance. If you're a renter and you don't have space to till up your whole yard, or permission for that matter, or you're mobile and you got to move, this system would be a beautiful thing for you. After all, I was a runner for many years and had a garden didn't have permission, I made it happen. So this could work for you. I know it sounds too good to be true. 
Absolutely. I sound like a salesman, right? Oh, this will do everything for you, including give you a new car, right? No, 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 no. Maybe it sounds too good to be true. I'll make a case for it. But I can tell you from experience that my success rate gardening is far greater than it used to be once upon a time, even with square foot gardening. These concepts work. So let's discuss the different groups of people who would benefit from small-scale gardening and why they would benefit from this method of gardening. Let's talk about new gardeners first. So I started blogging in 2014 on small-scale gardening. I started podcasting in 2015 on small-scale life. In the following years, in all those years, I've had emails and questions in my small-scale gardening Facebook group and small-scale life Facebook groups from new gardeners or people just interested but don't know where to start asking where and how to start. How do they start growing? How do they expand on some small little planter they have? Where should they do? What should they do? How should they go about it? How can they maximize production? So put yourself in their shoes for a minute and think about it. Or maybe you're in their shoes right now, right? So what method of gardening should I use? If you've been around Facebook, if you've been looking around, you know there's about 20 billion different ways to go at this, right? Till up your yard, use containers, Dutch buckets, hydroponics, rain gutter grow system, hybrid rain gutter grow system, wicking beds, it goes on and on and on. So it just can be like walking in Home Depot or Menards or Lowe's for the first time. Your brain just explodes with the endless possibilities and endless choices. Another question, how big should it be? Should it be a whole yard? Should it be acres? Should it be just a little planter on my patio? How big should it be? How, what am I going to need to make this plant grow? Should I till the soil? Should I build a raised bed? Should I do something different? Should I use a vertical garden? What should I do? How, where do I start? Where do you get your seedlings? Do you buy them? Do you grow them? Do you get them from a friend? I mean, where do you get your seedlings? How do you make those grow? Where do I get the soil? What does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? What should be in it? Should I have worms? Should I have peat moss? Should I have vermiculite? Should I have five different kinds of compost? This is all Mills mixed, by the way, if you haven't been figuring that out. We'll talk about that later. Trust me. So where do I get the soil? Can I use the stuff in my backyard? How about down the street? How about at the local uh, compost lot? Do I get it there? What's the back to Eden gardening? What's Mitlider gardening? Can I use both? Do I use one? Do I use the other? Do I need mulch? What do I do with this? How often do I water the plants? Right? That's one of the three elements. Soil, light, water, and in a hydroponic system. You don't have soil. You have nutrients. How often do I need to water these plants? Do I sit out there with a hose and spray them uh, from top down? Do I water them from the bottom underneath? Do I have some other kind of system? Do I have to have a drip system? How much is this going to cost me? Do I have to stand there all day with a hose? I mean, these are questions that, that we all have, right? Should I plant these things north to south or east to west? Once you drop that raised bed in or start tilling up your yard and start planting, you're going to be stuck with that configuration for a while until you empty out the raised bed and move things or adjust, or, or totally transplant all the plants later on because you figure out you put the beans in front of the lettuce and are blocking the sun. So how should I plant this stuff? North to south, east to west, what works best? How often do I need to weed? Oh, yes, weeds. I'll talk about weeds and weeding in a minute, but yeah, that's a big question. How often do I weed? Oh my gosh, where did all these weeds come from? Why is my garden look garden looking like a weed patch? Is it supposed to look like this? How much time am I supposed to waste on this? Where do the weeds go? So yeah, there's a lot of questions with maintenance, and these are maintenance kind of questions. I heard this one too. 
why do I have such a black thumb and kill all my plants? I have a black thumb. I kill the plants. I walk in the greenhouse. The plants shrink in fear and immediately start calling the Grim Reaper because the black thumb arrived. I mean, this is the way it is, right? Or I forgot to water for three weeks. I don't understand why my plants died. This kind of thing, you know, or I'm so busy. I don't have time to water my plants. I don't know what I'm doing. This is a big deal. This is a thing newbies have and that's, they get stuck. They don't know how to move beyond that point. Um, another question about systems, right? What is a rain gutter grow system? What what's a wicking bed garden? What what are these things you're talking about? What are what are net cups? What are liners? What should I use? Can I use plastic? Just regular plastic? Can I use a garbage bag? What do I use? So these are things that we'll need to talk about. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, there's a lot to think about if you've never done gardening before. It looks easy, right? Just drop a plant in the hole in the ground and, wow, it grows into tomatoes. No, there's a little more to it. I mean, it should be that simple, but there's ways to maximize production. If you do that, chances are weeds might choke it out or you might forget to water it or something might happen. And if it's a certain plant, then a pest is going to get it like a rabbit. It'll chomp down your pepper plant before you can blink or your beans or your peas. It'll just be gone just like that. So do these questions sound familiar? Does this sound real, right? This is <laughs> this is where we all started once upon a time. Of course, these are real questions because I've asked these questions before. I've done a lot of thinking about these. I am positively certain that many of you have had these questions and even more, right? And you just might be too overwhelmed to ask or you just don't even know where to start. So you're on permanent pause, right? So it's okay. Take a deep breath. It's okay. <gasps> it really is. That's why I'm here. We're going to talk about this stuff together because I am not married to dogma. I've tried a lot of different things. So we are going to talk about those things. We'll be able to answer questions. And if I don't know the answer, I know a lot of people. And we'll get the answer for you at premium prices. So that's what we're going to do here at Small Scale Gardening. Look, Small Scale Gardening will help you. We're going to clear away some of the clutter. We're going to focus on doing sm things very well. The concept is that we are starting small, right? We don't need to till up the whole world. We don't need to till up our whole backyard. We don't need to have massive garden. We don't need to grow all the things. We don't. We really don't. We don't have the space. We don't have to we don't we don't have to till everything up. We need to have limits. And if we have a smaller garden, that limits all of the things. That limits some of the choices, the infinite number of choices of bed types and plants that you'll be growing. And what I mean is you might not have the space to grow five different kinds of kohlrabi and 50 types of tomatoes. You might not have space to grow the potatoes and the squash and the zucchini. You might not have all the space for that. But guess what? There's farmer's markets out there. There's gardeners down the street that might have some extra zucchini you can trade with and barter with. There's a whole bunch of ways we can do this. Or maybe we'll do it next year, right? We'll get some experience. We'll get some momentum. We'll feel good about ourselves. Maybe expand for next year. So this is how it works. It's all, it's a mindset. It's a mindset shift. So you got to remember when you have infinite choices, infinite choices of gardening methods, infinite choices of plants to grow, infinite choices of watering systems, infinite choices, there is no choice at all. It just leads to confusion, right? You just don't even know where to start because it's infinite choice time. So my goal, it's my goal here, I'm going to gently nudge you towards the gardening experience, right? To start gardening. I'm going to nudge you towards giving gardening, especially small scale, scale gardening, a try. 
we're going to start small. We're going to build on your success, build on momentum. It's kind of like Dave Ramsey says with money, we're going to do baby steps here. We're going to build small and start to build momentum and on your success. You don't need a sprawling garden to start. Chances are very high that you'll end up with an unsightly weed patch. You'll spend lots of money. You'll shed lots of tears. You'll have lots of sweat equity in it with minimal return. And you'll get frustrated. You'll say, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to plant grass. It's much better that way. Again, we're going to start small. We're going to learn from our small gardens. We're going to have small mistakes and we're going to have small wins, but we're going to be learning from all of them. You don't have to have this big, massive thing to be productive and happy. Trust me, once you get the feel of things, once you get it, once you see those tomatoes, once you hold that first tomato in your hand that you grew and taste it, you're going to go, my God. This isn't that hard. I should have been doing this a long time ago. This is awesome, right? So we're going to start small, and we're going to build on our successes. All right, so I know a number of you out there are like the veteran, the grizzled veteran gardener and homesteader. I've been doing this since the day I was born, right? So you're the, you're the gardener that is a wise veteran of many a sunny, sunny summer. You've done it. You've been there. You've done it. You've had the battle with blight. You've had the war against the pesky weeds. You've been punching deer in the face. You've been wrestling with chipmunks in the backyard. You've been chasing rabbits like mad. You've had success. But if we had a conversation, you have to admit that you've lost many battles along the way. What do I mean? Well, the hornworms ate your prized tomato plants before the harvest. The squash borers turn your zucchini plants into dust. And the weeds. Oh, yeah, the weeds. Oh, my God, the weeds. You're over there for days picking weeds out of this massive weed patch you've created. Right? Enough said. We won't even talk about the watering. So you've been there, you've done that, you know that thinking about the gardening season, especially this time of year with the snow and the cold, the really cold that cuts right through you, it gets you excited. But then you start to think and the reality sets in and it starts to steal your joy. You start thinking, ah, does the rototiller work? Did I drain it? Did I maintain it? Geez, it needs an oil change. It really didn't start that well. Oh, geez, I always hate the rototiller or... Or maybe you're like, well, I need to have somebody rototiller it for me because I just, I, you know, my knees are really sore or something like that, right? Um, do you want to pull weeds in the 100-degree weather in that weed patch you've created? I mean, that stinks. It's It sucks. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Um, do you worry if the plants have enough water when you go on vacation in, in July or the dog days of August, right, when we haven't had rain forever or you're down and down south and it hasn't rained in months i mean do you worry about the, the about the plants yeah i know you do because my mom does all the time and she's up north and she has a pump and all these other things but she worries about that all the time and how do you manage that massive cherry tomato plant in your garden you know the one that takes over everything and it's got you know this 10 feet wide by 10 feet high bush of of leaves and branches and swaying in the wind and you've got all these little cherry tomatoes that are might be stuck in there but it's it's taken over the whole garden and you can't i think you've got more green than you do cherry tomato so how do you manage that thing and how did you do all this work the planting the creating soil the watering the weeding the pest fighting and you get like one zucchini or handful of tomatoes i mean you're working too hard to get this meager of a harvest. Maybe there's a better way to do it, right? 
Those are just some of your questions, and these are the things that steal your joy. I know. I've been there, too, right? Look, there's no magic bullet for that perfect harvest. Really, there isn't. And this is not a magic wand. It's an idea. It's a concept. There's no spells, special spells or magic wand to banish the pests and stop the blight. These things happen. We've got to prepare for that. Trust me, I'm not the perfect gardener. I'm not. I've made plenty of mistakes. Even last year, I'm going to have a post on my uh, lessons learned. I always do. And it's time to do that again, especially as we're doing garden planning for next year or this year. You know, I've fought my share of pests and blight and creatures and my own stupidity. I've had my own battles with that. But I'm here to tell you. Using this small-scale gardening concept will increase your harvest and decrease your workload in the garden. Let me say that again. Using this small-scale gardening concept will increase your harvest and decrease your workload in the garden. Especially using these wicking beds and rain gutter grow systems, it'll remove that work and worry about, about watering, about weeding. Oh, it is a thing of beauty. I mean, I, I travel a lot for my real job. I'm, a, I'm away for a week at a time or sometimes two weeks at a time. I fill up the tank. I fill up the rain gutter, hybrid rain gutter grow system. You can automate that, and I'm good to go. I don't worry about it at all. And even if I needed somebody to fill up some water in it, it's not like a big job. It's just, okay, plants get as much as they want. Does your, does your garden do that? Can you do that? I mean, I'm not calling you out or anything. I'm just saying. It's easy. And this stuff works. <laughs> it works so well. Why wouldn't you want to try that, right? So you don't have to kill yourself with a massive garden or a farm or an urban farm or, or you know market garden or something like that to have productive and excellent harvest. You can have joy. You can enjoy it. You can actually love it again instead of it being a big chore. You can grow a lot of food in a small space. You just need to change your mindset and your perspective about it then you won't have to work as hard for all this, right? It'll be much more fun. So let's talk about our next group of folks, and that's our older or physically challenged gardeners. You know, I, my grandparents, my grandmothers had gardens and canned until they're well into their 80s. Um, my surviving grandmother just stopped gardening a couple years ago. It just was too much work. You know, constantly weeding that traditional garden was too hard on her back. And she was out there, you know, doing the work. She loved it. She grew great stuff. It just got to be too much work. So she said the heck with it, right? She'll let others do it. And it can be treacherous, treacherous getting around the garden. Uh, the vines, the plants, the hoses, the materials, the equipment, you know, your shovel, your rake, your, um, your hoe, whatever, it can all get in the way. And these are potentially deadly tripping hazards. Seriously. I, I mean, my mom was gardening in a traditional style garden in, in up north, and I felt like I was tap dancing in a minefield. It had, you know, she had her squashes all over the place and the tomatoes all over the place. And, oh, there's a lettuce over there. And, oh, don't step on that. And how the heck do you water any of that? You got to, like, zig and zag. I felt like uh, a running back in the, in the big game, you know, dodging defenders. And... One wrong move or you shuffle and hit something and suddenly you're, you're, you're face down in the dirt and you don't want to you know, break a hip or break something or break an arm or dislocate a shoulder or something. It, it can be bad. So 
having raised beds in the form of wicking beds or rain gutter growth systems just reduces the risk of tripping over hoses and vines and plants. And, and it, it, it really simplifies things, right? You're not out there spending hours of your life weeding. Um, older, physically challenged gardeners could really benefit from small-scale gardening. Downsizing and using these highly productive systems will eliminate all the weeds, Almost all the weeds, right? And and a lot of the work associated with the tr- traditional gardening. You won't have to rototill. There's the no-till thing that's going on in the gardening world right now. Well, you've just accomplished that. No-till. You don't have to have another piece of equipment that's going to fail, that you need to have maintenance, that you have to pay for and put gas in and oil in and change the oil and then take it in for a tune-up and all that. You don't have to do that. It's all done by hand, and it's fun, Right? Elevating the garden beds or using vertical gardening and trellising, you can bring the plants and their harvest to you. You know, you bring those green beans up on a trellis and they're right in your face. I mean, hey, there's a green bean right there and one right there. And and I don't have to bend over. It's just right there. Same thing with the tomatoes. Same thing with that massive cherry tomato. It's just right there in your face. And you can just pick all of that. You don't really have to bend over. And it's great. And it just eliminates the whole bending over thing and... You know, if you're in a wheelchair, you can roll right up to it, and uh, you can do all the work right there, right there. It'll save the aches and pains after working in your garden. It's huge. Gardening in an apartment buildings or rental homes can be extremely difficult. As a former renter for many years, I took a lot of liberty, a lot of liberty, and did a lot of work to improve the landowner's property to install a garden. In retrospect, it was foolish to put that much work and sweat equity into something I didn't own. I never had permission to clean up the wild area to install the garden, and I always knew that someday I would have to remove the soil and raise beds I built and created. I have an article here on small-scale gardening where it talks about the wild area, and then I have another article where it talks about taking apart the garden. That was a real sad day when I actually came back from camping and ripped out the garden. But I didn't own it, and I was moving, so I had to go. Small-scale gardening is ideal for renters and homeowners with strict homeowners associations, the HOAs, the dreaded HOAs. We can create incredibly productive gardens on decks, patios, and driveways that are aesthetically pleasing. We can build productive gardens that are ready to move, be moved in case your lease comes up or the weather changes. A great example of this is the rain gutter grow systems I built and used on my driveway at the rental home in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. I grew incredible amounts of produce and herbs on the driveway. I designed these gardens so they could be removed each fall. They weren't permanent. We took them down each fall. And we could shovel and store snow along the side of the driveway all winter. Each spring, I would put the rain gutter grow systems back on the driveway and begin to grow vegetables and herbs once again. It really does work. So our journey begins. There are countless ways and methods to garden. As I tell students and people every year, you can grow plants anywhere and in anything as long as you provide the three basic elements of light, water, and nutrients. As we begin this small-scale gardening journey together, I wanted to define what small-scale gardening is. I hope that that was clear today, what we're doing. This is going to serve as a framework for a ton of future projects, articles, podcast episodes, and videos. I've been already sketching some of those out. My mission is to inspire you to try one or more elements of small-scale gardening, one or more elements of this concept. 
you don't have a black thumb. You can grow wherever you are. You can even grow food on asphalt. You can do it. Or concrete. You can do it. Trust me, you can do it. We'll do it together. So if you have any comments about this podcast episode, let me know. You can always send us an email at smallscaledgardening at gmail.com or, or realsmallscalelife at, at gmail.com. Either one, because this is a broadcast simultaneously on both platforms. Um, feel free to leave comments under the post on smallscalelife.com or smallscalegardening.com. Feel free to do that. And uh, just know we're here. This is this is <laughs> smallscalegardening.com is going to have a lot more information and it'll be uh, populated real soon. So we've got I've got a lot of things coming up on the list and uh, just get ready. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to 2020, the new decade. We're going to have a lot of fun together. And again, remember to learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. This is Tom from Small Scale Life and the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. Hope you have a great day. We'll catch you real soon. Take care, everybody. This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. Highway to the Garden Zone. Yes! Oh, love it, love it, love it, I love it. Yes!